Reggie Barlow is officially an XFL head coach in a move that should not be taken lightly. And Gerald Huggins of Draft HBCU joins as we continue with number three in our top 10 draft eligible HBCU player list. Oh, yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day day and i of course am darian gray aka the mouth of the south texas southern alum and former tsu herald sports editor thank you for going on this journey with me making locked on hbcu your first listen of the day every day and today's episode is brought to you by bet online with more odds props and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts and reggie barlow has officially been named as an xfl head coach we knew about it for a while but officially he is an XFL head coach, and this is a move that I do not believe should be taken lightly. Actually, I think it should really be studied and looked at at what it can do going forward. But first, let's just talk about it, because about a month ago, I think actually a month to the day could be. Um, also, shout out to us. I think this is a 100 episode, and if it isn't, I'm sorry, but shout out to us, man. Shout out to you, shout out to me, shout out to my family, shout out to my support team. I'm going to give a real, I think I think I am going to give a real thank you speech because i tweeted about it i think i might do it just because so check it out uh south exclusives underscore mouth of the south on instagram i might do a thank you speech in the next day i don't know maybe we'll see but anywho reggie barlow i think about a month ago to the day it was announced that reggie barlow is going to be leaving virginia state and when that happened it was announced because he left after i think about three or so years and um Actually, it was more than that, but I think about five to six years. He left Virginia State, and they put out a press release saying that basically he was going to get an opportunity in the XFL. So we already knew what was happening, and there's been a lot of reports connecting him to the San Antonio franchise, but they haven't announced any teams yet. San Antonio was not a, a city that had a team in the last XFL run, but it's Texas, and San Antonio has been clamoring for a team since like forever. I remember when they thought they was going to get my Saints. But, you know, shout out to Mama Benson. Said we ain't going down like that. But San Antonio has been clamoring for some football for a long time. So it really would make sense for them to be there. Now, I want to read to you some of the other people that are there. Because this is not something that should be taken lightly, as I said. Let's, let's read the list of coaches. Not all of them, but some of the highlights. And that is Wade Phillips, Bob Stoops um rod woodson jim Hazlitt, heinz ward and when you're looking at it rod woodson's a hall of famer you look at heinz ward a great player you know a, a really a pittsburgh legend then you look at bob stoops everybody knows what he's done on the collegiate ranks he is a well-known coach wade phillips we're talking about the son of bum we're talking about a guy who has been one of the better defensive minds in the nfl for years now, he's not there anymore. Now, he's coaching in the XFL. And you have Jim Hazlitt, talking about the Saints, a former New Orleans Saints head coach. You know, so there's big names here. Remind, I want you to remember that the XFL came back during the pandemic. It fell, and then it went into bankruptcy. So 
This isn't something to take. Like these coaches that they're choosing solidify the XFL going forward. We're not looking for coaches who are one and done type of people. And I don't mean one and done as far as elevating and maybe getting a promotion into the NFL. I mean, coaches who can't coach. Right now, the XFL is attempting to put the best football on. They need to show that they are quality football. They're going to come back in 2023. So that's when you could be expecting them. However, in order to do that, you got to have players and you got to have coaches. You got to have coaches. And they chose to put, to put Reggie Barlow on here. They chose that. Regardless of the reason, I don't care if it's we got to have some HBC representatives. We have to give an HBC guy a chance. I don't think that's the case. I think they saw a really good coach. And this is the guy who has been in the HBC ranks not once but twice. Right? I mean, we'll get to that in a second. But I want to just continue hammering home the fact that in a time when it was really crucial and you didn't need to do it. You really didn't need to do it. Honestly, you could have hired a black coach. We're just going to be completely honest. We're being transparent on this show, right? You could have just had a black coach and been done with it. And I would have been fine. Nobody needed a coach from an HBCU. It was more so of have a black coach in there. And you would have been perfectly in your right and say, cool. But you chose to put Reggie Barlow. So I'm taking out the whole got to have some HBCU representation. I'll bump that. Bump that. Bump that. He earned this. Now I can tell you about his resume because he's a two-time HBCU coach. See, in his Alabama State run, he he had a better run at Virginia State than Alabama State, but neither one did he have a losing record in. In Virginia State, he actually ended up getting a championship, a CIAA championship in 2017. So he had a little higher level of success. I think the overall win percentage was better as well at Virginia State. So it gets the nod as his better run. However, he didn't have a losing record at either school. I just think that this is a move that when you look at, all right, well, what, what's going to happen for the HBCU players? How does this help for them? There's somebody there right now that is not going to sit there and act like HBCUs don't have talent. It's not going to happen. Because I understand that this is the XFL, and it's a place where you're going you're to have players who did not make it to the NFL at, that you're choosing from. It, you just are. But that doesn't mean you have to pick from the HBCUs. Like, you know how many Oklahoma players didn't make it? Oklahoma players didn't make it or made it and just, just stormed out. Or not stormed out, but fizzled out. You know how many Power 5 institutions are going to have players who either did not make it to the league or fizzled out? So it's not as if the XFL people are above going to those same old wells. Not that at all. Matter of fact, I mean... Like I said, Bob Stoops is a is an Oklahoma guy. Reggie Barlow won't have that. Reggie Barlow won't sit there and act as if HBCUs don't have talent. He's not going to be a whole HBCU squad. I highly doubt that. However, he will have some HBCU players, I would assume, going to be on his squad. So I think that's the future. I think right now you gotta you gotta at least acknowledge that this is an impactful signing for Reggie Barlow. He's a head coach on a on a professional football team at the end of the day. And then also, I think it really creates a wave where you'll see or you can guarantee that HBCU players are going to get a chance in the NF or in the XFL. We're talking about HBCU players going to the NFL. And Coach G is joining the show to talk about a player who could have a chance in the NFL. And I think this is a player that is likely to be drafted. I'm not going to tell you who it is quite yet. You got to wait until I introduce Coach G. And then I'll tell you who it is. But before we do that, I want to tell you about something that's going to benefit you the same way that it has benefited me. 
And that is athletic greens. It's something that is not slowly, but quickly ingrained itself in my daily routine. Now, when I first got athletic greens, I did it because I needed something that was going to help my stomach. I was trying to improve my gut health. Now, once I got in and started taking it, the reason it ingrained itself quickly into my daily routine is because it tasted good. I didn't have to remind myself that it was healthy in order for me to want to take it. That was the most beautiful part of it all. Yes, it helped my body, but at least my mind felt like, okay, I'm happy with this. And another thing about my mind is I take it in the middle or in the beginning of the day just so I feel like my, my body is functioning right. It's just, it just makes me feel good like it's going all day. I didn't have to go any part of the day without my athletic greens in. I didn't have to go any of the day without getting my 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, and probiotics. Now, don't just take my word for it. There are 7,000 others who agree with me, giving them five-star reviews. And in addition to that, it's cheap. We're not even breaking your bank to help your body. Your body is your temple, and you can do it for the low. Man, go ahead and go to athleticgreens.com slash college. And when you do that, they will give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Sounds like an easy decision to me. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day, I appreciate you for doing that. Now, starting on April 28th, that's a Thursday, for the next three days, you will have live coverage of rounds one through seven for the NFL Draft on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast page. Now, you can catch that on YouTube. But then in addition, if you just want to say, well, who are they picking for us right now? Go and find the Locked On NFL Mock Draft. It's going to be on Odyssey and the podcast feed, which is just the audio. You can catch that there as well on Locked On NFL Draft. Now, just a reminder, Locked On NFL Draft, YouTube, April 28th for the next three days. NFL Mock Draft, you can find that on the podcast feed right now. Speaking of right now, I have my guy, Coach G. He's in the building to break down this player and it's a guy that he was really excited about. Let's hear what he has to say about the Kobe Durant. All right, Gerald. Now, when you sent this player to me saying this is who's going to be my number three player, you sent him with like three, four emo or three, four exclamation points. And I've only seen you do that about one player. And you were extremely excited about that guy. Is it safe to say you feel the same way about the Kobe Durant? Oh, sure. Let me tell you. So my family's from Orangeburg, so now I'm beloved for South Carolina State. That's one. Two, I'm a MEAC guy because of my dad. He played at Morgan State. Played linebacker here during the 70s and the beginning of the 80s. Three, he proved me wrong. Not going to lie. He proved me wrong. I did not know the Kobe Durant was that fast. Now, game speed, you know, he had pretty good game speed. But, you know, these combine numbers, this just been crazy this year. So I'm like, okay, I feel like he could just remain 
you know, in the pack, you know, four or five guy, then he'll solidify himself as like a strong zone nickel corner in the NFL. Right. You know, and eventually gonna be a pro bowler, like Brent Grimes, you know, and someone in that room. Then he hit what he hit. Sub four, I said, sub four, four, I said, oh. My cousin who plays at South Carolina State said, he been running that. I was like, well, I didn't know. I thought he was deceptively fast. I didn't know he was fast, fast. fast. <laughs> so, yes, I am very high on him. He proved me wrong, and he has checked off all the boxes when it comes to being a college football player, in my opinion. And when you talk about the Kobe Durant proving you wrong, I'm sure that proving people wrong is really something that he's quite familiar with. Let's be honest. He's a short corner. And with that comes certain limitations. And we're going to talk about how he over, overcomes that. But first, I want you to tell me what are the limitations that come from being a short corner that sometimes he falls victim to? Well, end of the day, we the NFL is a very scary place. We have... Uh, Six foot five, two hundred and thirty-five pound receivers that can run just as fast as DB. And let's be real, Metcalf running forward is faster than most DBs running backwards. And you got dudes like Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, these huge human beings that are able to run like like the wind. So that's why people are high on a Josh Williams or people are high on these tall, linky corners. You know, when it comes to these FCS ranks and even FBS ranks, they like these tall, linky. Richard Sherman. They want you to be a Richard Sherman size with Patrick Peterson and his prime speed. I mean, that's, that's crazy dumb. though. Yeah, that's, that's crazy though. <laughs> that's a diamond dozen. But that is that's his that's his one limitation. But that's what he can't control that. But everything else he can't control. So what he's yeah. able to control, yeah, he does it to the best of his ability, and the best of his ability has led him to be a top draft pick. And you talk about him being such a good player. Overcoming size is something that he's had to do all his life. I highly doubt he started off super tall and just stopped growing. I'm sure he's probably been shorter than the players that he was going against for the majority of his career, right? Correct. Throughout all football. But is it athleticism? Is it technique? What does he do to overcome that? Because you wouldn't be able to know that he's a short player just by seeing him on the field as far as how he plays. Oh, agree. I mean, you watch the Clemson game. He looked just as big as everybody else. I mean, because he just showed up. He's been doing this for, you know, two plus years now. He just shows up, you know, and in the day, he is very athletic. Now, like I said, he proved me wrong. I thought, like I said, I thought he was, you know, normal four or five guy, four or five, you know, small school corner. Cool. Cool with it. But then I'm like, dang, I really doubted a South, like I had a doubt about a South Carolina State top player. Definitely within the past five years, it's not. Yeah, we're not gonna get much better. The, the span that the South Carolina State had with having two Pro Bowlers, literally just playing. So who am I to doubt the best player on South Carolina State defense? So that's on me. And the Kobe, I apologize, my brother. He is a technician. Coach Nooks would tell you he's good at the thing called getting in phase, and he's like he uh, he does really good when he times his jumps because you know he's a shorter guy, but he times his jumps a lot very well, and he doesn't really. He's not Diggs when it comes to that play playmaking ability because he's he, – I'm not saying Diggs isn't smart, but Kobe is smart enough not to jump certain routes in certain situations. But yeah. he has that hawk in him, as we mm. saw in multiple games this year, but I'm pretty sure we'll catch on that, so I'm not going to 
all that. But if you see in multiple games this year versus top competition versus raw receivers that's going to get drafted, he did very well. Very well, in my opinion. So he's a technician. He has athleticism. And once again, the one thing that he's struggles with is something he can't control. But everything else, his press is really good. He's able to drop into his own uh, his own assignment rather well. He's a very good man corner. And he showed that even when he was in the East-West Shrine game. He just showed that, once again, remember we talk about this all the time, those guys go to those uh, games. Look yeah. like you belong there. Look like you belong there. And he played in multiple positions in the uh, – Trying to during practice. So he has a tape to show that he's multifaceted. So worst case, you get this guy in, he'll do special teams, but you can't hold him in for too long because this guy is just that good. Kobe Durant has never been a big guy. He hasn't. But he has been able to overcome that from technique, athleticism, and just becoming a quality football player that just happens to be shorter than most at his position. We're going to talk about how his draft stock has been boosted ever since the Celebration Bowl. Not even that. Before that, we're talking about when they faced off against Clemson, Jackson State, and everything that has happened since then that has elevated Durant's draft stock. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online, and I have a story. I know I love my stories. A story time for you. I was talking to a good friend of mine, and he was telling me about how Miles Bridges just cost him some money. He had a parlay, a $5 parlay, and Miles Bridges didn't get the uh, over because he got ejected. With six minutes left in the game, only four points away. Four points. He was hurt. Now, did I do the good thing and console my friend? No. I asked him. I said, did you use bet online? He had the audacity to tell me no. Well, I told him that's your fault. That's the reason it didn't happen. I believe in karma. See, I'm superstitious. I believe in karma. If he would have used bet online, and yes, I am shaming, and I, I told him I was going to tell him, but if you would have used bet online, I bet you Miles Bridges wouldn't have got all heated at that referee storming after him and getting ejected. I bet he would have scored five, probably five, six more points, and you would have got your over on and your parlay would have been made. See, that's the things that happen when you don't do the smart decision and go to betonline.net. It's the fastest and the easiest and the smartest, if we're just going to be honest with you. Way to wage on all of your sports betting needs. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, Coach G is going to tell us how the trajectory of Kobe Durant's career led to him being the number three player on this draft-eligible HBCU player list and being a guy that needs to be drafted. I want to ask you about the Deion Sanders cosign. How do you think that impacted his draft stock? Well, it seems like everything that Deion and Tushin talked about the past few years seems to turn into gold, so... If uh, the greatest corner, arguably the greatest football player, and arguably the greatest athlete ever says, that's a guy right there, that's a dude, you might want to listen to him. That's why I don't understand why every top corner in the country is not begging to go to Jackson State. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but if I were you, if I was DB, specifically a corner, and Jackson even looks at you, sign it. Sign it. I mean, you're going to be able to teeth. Sorry, off topic. But yes, you get the stamp from <laughs> stamp from right. Prime. I mean, it's like a pass rusher getting a stamp from I don't know Justin Houston or yeah, or LT was like, yo, that mega pass. Like, you gonna you gonna question him? 
<laughs> he knows talent. He knows talent, you know, like a player of that quality. When they see a player who's one of those guys, you trust you trust what they have to say. I would like I would like to at least hear them. You know, hear them. You know, they're not end all be all, but I was nowhere near as good as Prime ever was. You know, he's probably better than me now than I was when I was in college. <clears throat> hey man, better than most and all of us were back then. You know, um, even in our prime, he was better than us uh, <laughs> at now, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, but we're, we're talking about stock boosters and his combine performance in combination to his size, all of that was happening there. Do you think that moved him off of the exclusively being a nickel corner status? Or do you think that's in the league? That's just what he's going to be due to the size. Um, I think if uh, Asante Samuel Jr. is able to play outside and nickel for the Chargers, I believe he plays both, then I can't. Our guy do it. Why can't Durant yep. do it? I mean, we confident Brent Grimes, and we know Brent Grimes played everywhere on the field. I mean, he was better suited, more than likely in the slot, but I mean, a nickel. But that doesn't mean that he can't play outside as well. Now, I guess people, you know, and I was included. I was like, okay, if he's not that fast, he has really good skills. Put him in this. Put him in a nickel. He's a four or five guy, but he can drop with his own. If he needs to do man every now and again, cool. Now it's like, okay. The tape shows he could play man, but we were concerned about the speed. But now the speed's not an issue. So now it's like, okay, now you have a guy that can play multiple positions. So that raises your stock because you're just a nickel guy. Just a nickel guy. It's it's a slight. Yeah. Right. It's different than being like a third down back. They get drafted rather high considering the circumstances. And then you have like a Bruce Irvin situation when you have a pass rush that literally just comes in for third down and gets a sack. You have situations like that. I'm not sure if most teams are looking just for a nickel corner. So it helps that in his situation, being shorter, whatever, he has the speed, he has the athleticism as he showed, he has explosiveness as he showed, he has the ball skills as he showed. So that boosted his stock. Definitely for me, anyway, because I'm like, all right, you know, we he, we knew he was going to get drafted, but we talking about from, like, we used to talk about seven, six round, and he might be going up fifth, fourth. Who knows? It's a deep class, but... After what he's shown this offseason, you have to draft him. It would be very concerning, and I think people raise a lot of eyebrows if he doesn't get a shot from getting drafted. So let's wrap it with the idea of draft boosters. And I think one of the bigger draft booster boosters, not just for him, but a lot of SCS and HBCU players, is when you go against FBS competition. And against Clemson, he had two interceptions. So we're going to we're going to talk about what did that do for his stock as far as showing the ball production against not just the FCS HBCU competition but doing that against Clemson a power 5 institution it is literally the formula that South Carolina State has used to get most of their players into the NFL we're going to give you you know don't play don't play we're going to play you know play our schedule morgan they used to play Bethune, fam, you know. They're going to play Central. They used to play into You know how they go. They're going to play those games. But everybody knows. Everybody knows. Those games will get you the looks, too. But you get one shot a year where everybody's looking at you, and every pro scout is going to use that film to, you know, to see if you're worth going to the NFL. And that's when they play Clemson. And they play soccer, University of South Carolina, too, as well. But if I'm not mistaken, Hargrave, Leonard, 
Durant are the latest three that have had really good games. Put it like this, Hargrave and Leonard had really good games versus Clemson or FBS opponents. And that project – oh, I'm sorry. I'm, they had a left tackle that went up in that and, 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 and there as well. So that's, his name escapes me. But the formula is for South Carolina State, we're going to give you this Clemson or University of South Carolina game. If you dominate or you look like you belong, your stock will rise. So you go FCS All-American. Here's a perfect formula. Come in. You know, MEAC, all MEAC, cool. Then you start climbing. Now you FCS All-American. Now you got your Clemson game. Or you're at University of South Carolina game. Now your stock is just rising. Then you get your celebration bowl on. That helped him too. Yeah, we just that, talked about that. I mean, I mean, if that didn't solidify, I mean, he showed that he's could blitz. He showed that he could tackle very well, pass breakups, everything. Ball skills, he showed that too. So it's just been a perfect formula for them. You know what I'm saying? They have really set it to where Everybody's watching South Carolina State and Clemson. <laughs> I mean, just be real because they know they're going to get one of these guys on South Carolina State to play in the next level. Right. And that's just been a proof and a put in the past four to five years. Man, listen, you always do a great job making all of these players and highlighting their great attributes. So I always appreciate you coming on, my guy. Next week, we're going to go on with number two. So. I'm excited. I'm excited. I it's only two guys who this can be, but I'll I'll leave it till next week until we solidify exactly who it is. Don't be mad at my my choice, people. I promise you, it's all out of love. But I might be mad at your choice. I might, but I know you you, see. you have an idea, but I don't think you you won't know until until you be like yo G. I'll be like, it is all right. Here we go. That's it. All right. Cool. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on. Take care. All right, man. You have a good one. Hopefully. Oh, damn. You got to buy your fast. I appreciate Coach G coming on and giving us that breakdown every Thursday, talking about the draft stock of Kobe Durant and how it's trended upwards from the Clemson game on and really starting earlier in his career. And then also just talking about how his size may work against him, but he defies it at the same time. Great content he does it every thursday every thursday so make sure that you're back making locked on hbcu your listen of the day every day but actually don't wait until thursday do the same thing tomorrow when we're talking about willie simmons and i finally get to get what i want to say off my chest and give him some love this is positive give him some love in our feature friday now for your second listen of the day make sure you're checking out locked on nfl draft we just talked about it Rounds one through seven, giving you everything that you could possibly need as far as information goes for this year's NFL draft. It's Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy. Now, if you're trying to catch up with me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. And to the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace. CIDP disrupts. CIDP derails. Let's be honest. CIDP sucks. But living with CIDP doesn't have to. When you sign up at ShiningThroughCIDP.com, you'll find inspiration and real patient stories. Helpful tips, reliable information, and more. CIDP can be tough. But finding hope just got a little easier. Sign up at ShiningThroughCIDP.com. Be heard, be hopeful, be you.